This week on the Habs Forum, the Canadians are still alive. There will be no sweep of the Montreal Canadiens this year. They won it yesterday, and it just... Look, it's still down 3-1, but it means so much to avoid that sweep. And we got a lot to talk about. Been three games in the finals uh, since our uh, last podcast. So we're going to talk about all that and just like the emotion and w- what it means to win this uh, this this game for for, for the run and, and, and all that. Uh, aside from that, some news uh, during all this, Canadians have signed actually a bunch of Quebec-born players to start filling out that roster for both uh, the Rocket and the new ECL, ECHL team, the, the Lions. Uh, right? It's the Lions, right? Yes. Yes, the Lions. All right. I, I remember the amazing logo. I just wanted to make sure on that. <laughs> but uh, before uh, we get started with that, and of course, uh, as always, we have Twitter questions uh, uh, to answer. Ask us your questions at the Habs Forum on Twitter. We love getting them. But first, Dustin, tell us our sponsor. The Habs Forum is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Check out the new Lawnmower 4.0 and the rest of the All Star lineup at manscaped.com and use promo code HABSFORM to get 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. Exciting stuff, guys. All right, let's get let's get into it. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you can tell over the podcast, but my, my, my voice is the voice of someone who was uh, surra- surrounded by thousands of fans yesterday. Uh, we were both at uh, the Casa de Spectac, which is one of the places, if you're not from Montreal, where they're showing the game. On, on the big screen with everyone, and oh, I, I'm so happy we got at least, look, look, I still believe, I still believe what they can do, I mean, I'm so happy that we got one true moment of joy, one one memory to cherish from this final with yesterday's game, because, man, overtime in the finals, in your home arena, it doesn't get better than that. Oh, for sure, and especially, I mean, one minute to go in regulation, and Shea Weber takes a four-minute high-sticking penalty. Like, I mean, you know, to kill off that last minute, then three minutes in overtime, they, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we've saw, we've seen how lethal they are on the power yeah. play. I mean, they, you know, we saw it all game, uh, you know, I mean, just how deadly they can be. I mean, how much talent they have. Somehow the Canadians pull it off. They kill those penalties, massive PK, like PK by all those guys, the, the whole game really. And then Josh Anderson, with his second goal, uh, this guy, I mean, he obviously, he never scores only one goal in a game. So yeah. obviously it was always going to be Josh Anderson. And and what a goal. Like what a, like diving from behind the net, banks it off Vasilevsky. And like just, uh, just the, 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 such a Josh Anderson goal too, right? The way it started off the rush, just kind of out, outskates his guy, does everything he can to get it to the front of the net. And then Caulfield gets his third assist in these playoffs in overtime. I mean, just absolutely insane. But I mean, overall, I mean, it was still more of an individual effort by Anderson and just, I mean, the, the, the feeling of, I mean, we, we might want to talk about the other games a little bit too, but it's like, you don't want to get swept, you know? And it just, it was so stressful watching the game yesterday because there's already, already the talk of like the Canadians and deserve to be there. I mean, everyone's just ignoring that. I mean, the Canadians had a great game too, but you know, Vasilevsky just just outplayed them, and then unfortunately, game three probably not Price's best performance overall. You never want to see uh, five goals be led in by by your starter, but then to get that win yesterday, and now it's three one. I mean, we already came back from down three one and, and once in these in these playoffs. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, like I said, to get that one more moment, like that one more like memory at the very least, because if they lose yesterday, you know, in overtime, let's say, 
then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we made it to the finals, but like there was nothing good about the final. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, at least we got this one moment out of it and, and what a moment. I mean, uh, just, just amazing, amazing goal and amazing performance, really. And Carey Price, you know, after he got a lot of flack from the first three games, you know, he, he yeah. obviously hasn't played as good this series as he was, you know, the, through the rest of the playoffs. But, I mean, just a great performance last night, especially late in the game. You know, they really had no chance whatsoever on those two goals. But, I mean, when the Canadians needed him to hold them in the game, especially on that four-minute PK, I mean, he was fantastic. And, and you know, he did what he had to do. And and did you see when uh, when Josh Anderson scored, yeah. like, his reaction? Yeah. Just cooling, to like, like he's been nothing. there before. Like, the only time he ever shows emotion is in elimination games. The only times these playoffs we have, we've actually seen him show some emotions is if, if, it's, if it's at least part of the job is over, you know? Like, aside from that, it's just it's just, you love seeing it you know like he's dialed in and like you mentioned the end of the game of, of course he was great at the end of the game but for me the big difference of what we weren't getting from price uh early on in this series is he just held the fort in the beginning like they outshot the canadians i mean the, the i don't remember the total shot but the shot attempts at one point were 11 to 0 yeah. and he was he was just holding the fort until the Canadians kind of figured it out. And then on our second or third shot, uh, we get uh, the goal on the absolutely amazing play by Nick Suzuki. Oh, my God. And that line just gelling right away. Right? I mean, Dusham looking really good with the adjustments he made. I mean, the only criticism you can make is did he wait too long to make uh, these adjustments? But, man, that – Suzuki and Caulfield seem like they're going to be a duo for for the next ten years, and as much as like I mean, of, of course, Toffoli was 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 fine on that line, but Anderson seems like the perfect addition to those two guys. The big body guy that puts his head down and and kind of will drive the net, and he's not the best playmaker. I think we can all agree with that, but he'll put himself in the position to get that pass. He'll put himself in that position for Suzuki to find him, and if he gets that shot in the slot, he's going to bury it. I just you love it, and and that's the line of yesterday, right? Like that's they they got that goal, and then they got the the game winning goal too. You absolutely love to see it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, big Dick Nick with the big pass, man, on that on the first Josh Anderson goal. I mean, this this guy, man, like every time, like you think, like oh, you've seen what he can do, and yeah. he can't impress you anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been, I think, in this in the finals, he's he's been by far the best the best Canadian, like definitely the best forward probably the best player on the team i think i mean he's yeah just yeah i think i think you gotta say overall passing. overall because I, mean, I think there's been struggles defensively uh there's he's been the one guy that even in the, the worst games he's there and like he, he's the definition of a gamer like you could he, he you'd think he's the veteran of the team that decided to kind of put the team on his back for, for the, and I, the thing that's, that, that's, uh, that's interesting too, is that he's done this before, right? Suzuki, he, he came back from down zero three, uh, to, to one, a series when he was in juniors. Uh, and he was, a he was, he was the biggest part of that for his team, right? Like he, he just has, he has no quit and just that, the patience on that play. It's just, there was five different moments where I thought he should have shot, shows how much i know but he's just so <laughs> patient so patient and then the perfect perfect lob pass there and 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 that's just like one example he had that when it was already one nothing for the canadians 
or, or it was one one. I can't remember. He had that one opportunity one on one against Sergachev, and one on one, it's always like the the defenseman has the advantage usually, you know, because you just play the body and all that. And he just makes this crazy move that allowed him to get a pretty good shot from the slot. I mean, it ended up being saved by Vasilevsky, but he's able to create so much from so little. It's it's amazing. No, exactly. I mean, it, every time the puck's on his uh, on his stick, man. I mean, it's it's all he's always a threat to do something, especially when the other team gives him a little bit of space. I mean, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, that patience on the on the first goal, just to he had like a pretty good, like he could have taken a pretty good shot, but like he saw the guy, you know, it, it was basically, I think it, it was basically like one on two guys there and he was waiting some, waiting for some reinforcements. He got into, into some open space or let, let Josh Anderson get into some open space. And I mean, just a beautiful pass backhanded pass. I mean, what, what more can you ask for from the kid? I mean, and he's only 21 years old. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then the second, the secondary assist was, was, was to Cole Caulfield, who now has two assists in this game, and he's on. He, I forget what the exact stats are. I, sh- I should pull him up. Uh, but he has something like what was it, like eight points in ten games or something like that in the playoffs in in, in the most recent run. Like he's doing absolutely. It's and it's the kids once again. Then the other goal, it's it's Romanov. Yeah. There's there's no one I would have wanted to score more than Romanov because as upset as as fans that we get uh, about some of decisions about uh, whether or not like, even though we're, we're in the finals I think there are still some things that we can criticize about some decisions and I think a lot of us really think that Romanov should have been in the lineup maybe a little bit sooner and but the great thing about Romanov and you see it in practice you see it from what you hear from the, the other players and all that it, it really seems like he's kept a positive attitude and just worked his butt off regardless he hasn't moped around like he understands he's a rookie he respects the veterans you know but then there was that video that surfaced when Jasham spoke to him and you could you could see he was just looking him straight in the eyes going like yes coach yes coach yes coach like he was hyped up he was hyped up to play and you know he wants and then for him to score that goal and that was a that was a beautiful beautiful shot like I've complained on this podcast a lot about how a lot of our defensemen the issue is that we don't have like we have so many guys that just they get the shot from the point, and either it's Shea Weber who I think five times yesterday missed the net by twenty feet, uh, and ends up doing <laughs> icing the puck for the other team, or or it's guys shooting in the pads, you know, because we have guys like Edmondson or Sherratt who hey, not trying to crap on them too much, they they did a great job specifically on the PK, but that's they're good at that role, but Petrie's really the only one that can create offense from from, from the point there, and that to be able to find the hole and get that shot on net. It's more than just luck, you know, like there's a reason why some players always seem to shoot in the pads and some players always seem to find find it to the net. You know, it's it's having that kind of like seeing eye shot, you know, that and it goes straight top corner and his, his celebration to the way he just lifted his arms up. It's like he 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 didn't believe it that it just happened. It's like, oh, my God, that I actually just scored. It was just so wonderful to see. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you love the like the enthusiasm from him. Like he's always smiling. He's always just seems super pumped up, happy to be yeah. there. Yeah. You know, I mean, nah, definitely super happy for him. I mean, like you said, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of decisions, you know, that maybe you could argue with. I mean, I, I don't, I, I still don't understand how Romanov has been benched for this long for John yeah. Merrill. Yeah. Who, I mean, I, I don't see what he brings to the team. Luckily he was benched 
yesterday, you know, in, in favor of Romanov. And, and yeah, I mean, you love to see it. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's just such an underrated play to do that. And it's something he always does is, you know, he's not going to take the hard shot, you know, something that you always see from guys like Sherratt and especially Weber, you know, they try to take that wind up and, and yeah. just blast it as hard as possible. But I mean, that, that's the, the tough shot to stop is when you yeah. can't see it, you're just trying yeah. to get it through the screen. And that's, you know, he didn't, he didn't shoot it very hard. It was, you know, basically lobbed it at the net, but just perfectly placed. And, you know, Vasilevsky just can't see it. And I mean, Vasilevsky is such a good goalie and it's, it's basically on the, on both sides, right? Price and Vasilevsky. I mean, you if the guy sees the puck, he's probably going to stop it. And, and, and we've you know, seen a lot of goals in this finals that that's exactly yeah. how they happen, right? Like it, it's, it, it's not the first time that the Canadians have beat Vasilevsky in this way. It's, it, it's, it's just a really, really, really smart play for, for, for them to be doing. And it's just, it's just like you said, that's the one biggest, that's the biggest question mark. I mean, the the, the one thing that had kind of Twitter, Twitter up in arms, have Twitter up in arms too yesterday was, was Kotkaniemi being scratched. And I, I don't agree with it. Here's the thing. I didn't agree with Kotkaniemi being scratched in the sense that I would play him over Eric Stahl. Uh, as, as good as that fourth line has looked as t- times in these playoffs, I really think it runs through Perry and, uh, and Armia and often even dies on Stahl's stick. And it's not like he's dominant on the faceoff circle so much. However, if we're ignoring that the Eric Stahl aspect of it, putting in Jake Evans for Kotkaniemi, that it would definitely made a lot of sense. I'm for Jake Evans being on the roster and having the two different lines that can be shut down lines. Because now you had Toffoli replacing Lekkanen on the line with Dano and Gallagher, which would very much be a shutdown line. Like Toffoli, like he plays on the PK and all that. Let's not underrate how good he can be responsibly, he can be defensively. And then you have a true shutdown line in, in Lekkanen, Evans, and um, and and Byron. And so what it does, it's especially going to help in game five on the road where you don't have the matchup. So you have two lines that can really shut down the opposition. And it, 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 either of these lines are up against the Kucherov lines. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than any other line being up against them. Like, obviously. So I agree with that point of it. So it's like I disagree with half the decision. But overall, I think you can't really argue with any of the decisions that Deshaun made for yesterday's game because – they literally all paid off because Evans had got an assist on the Romanov goal, you know, like he, he, he made, he made a big play there too. So he, he, you really can't argue with any of them. He, he's proven to be a great at, at adjustments. That that's one thing we can't take away from him. Yeah, de- definitely. And I mean, speaking of adjustments, I mean, the Canadians, obviously, I mean, in the first period, they got completely outplayed, mm-hmm. but I mean, in the second period, you know, I mean, they made adjustments. They saw what, the, what Tampa Bay was doing. I mean, they were cycling the puck rate and, you know, on, on that, they, they were forechecking really hard. And I mean, that's, that's why we've seen a lot of turnovers from the Canadians in their own zone, but I mean, they made the adjustments going into the second period. And I mean, the Canadians, you know, they, they ended up getting scored on. They lost the period, the second period, one, nothing. But I mean, for the most part, they, they outplayed Tampa Bay in that second period. And I mean, you know that, yeah, you definitely got to like the the adjustments that he's made. I mean, again, we're not all going to agree with all the all the decisions that he's made. And you know, it, it, I I too am not crazy about seeing Kukinimi be benched, but I mean, you can you can definitely understand it. Like you said, I mean, it, it 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 does make sense to have those two shutdown lines with Tampa Bay having so much, you know, so much firepower that it, it does make sense. And especially going to into Tampa Bay where they're going to have the had the last change, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle. And and something I will say, even though I still feel like I'd like to have Kakimi there instead of Stahl for what he can generate, I do have to admit. Now I pulled up the stats uh, for the, the just the finals. 
And uh, as far as uh, the face-off circle goes, Eric Stahl uh, for the finals is at 55.9, and Kotkin Yemi is at 34.5. Yeah, that's a pretty big so, difference. <laughs> so that, that, that's a pretty big difference. That's, it, it, it's hard to argue that aspect of it. And like I said, putting Evans in for him, I mean, it paid off right away. He, he did really good on the faceoff circle, also. Yes, so like he's overall for, uh, over two games at fifty three point nine. I don't know how many faceoffs he took in the first game he played, but it's just you, you can't argue with with that aspect of it. It, it just sucks to not have him uh, beyond beyond the ice for 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 the finals. But it, it, that's the thing, though. Like I do feel like the attitude of these players is good, even when they, like we don't have any kind of. Guys that seem to be like the guys that do get str- scratched don't really don't seem to give a bad attitude about it. Like you, you never know for sure. But like I was talking about that moment where Romanov, uh, they were showing in practice, was talking to the coach and he was getting his instructions and he looked hyped to be re- ready to go into play. He was excited he was going to play. Right after that, like as he's like kind of hyping himself up to himself, Kutkinyemi, who's in the gray jersey, already knows he's not playing. He goes to him, and they've created a bond, the players that have been in and out of the lineup. Like, we saw it when Kotkaniemi scored that first goal at the beginning of the playoffs, when he did the four, and it's been memed like crazy. I mean, if you don't know, that four represented, like, the the four players that had been scratched. And he, Kotkaniemi, goes to Romanov, and you can tell he's excited for his buddy. Like, he's not moping because he got scratched. He's excited because his buddy gets to play. And it, it just it just shows what this run is doing for the future of this team, regardless of how it ends, obviously it's still a long shot for the Canadians to win it all. The, the, not just the growth that the players are getting, but the growth that they're getting together. Like this feels like a unit, you know, and talk about that penalty that Weber took at the end. They all talked about how like we weren't going to let our captain end his yeah. season like that. You, and you love to hear that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, definitely. I mean, they're, they're just all the challenges that this team has had to deal with, not just in the playoffs, but I mean, all season, you know, they've had that, they had a tough schedule. They had to deal with that whole COVID thing, which, which yeah. made the whole schedule a lot, a lot harder, obviously, you know, I mean, the, the struggles that they had at the end of the regular season and then going into the playoffs and, you know, going down three, one against Toronto, Toronto and battling back the Jake Evans injury, you know, I mean, so many, challenging moments for this team you know where where they could have packed it up i mean certainly after that going down toronto 3-1 and the way that they lost game four in uh in montreal i mean you know it was a terrible way to lose that game and they bounced back and i mean you know even i said it when the canadians were down three nothing you know when we were watching the game i'm i'm never going to bet against this team again i mean with with what we've seen from them in the past i mean they just every time you think they're down and out, they just bounce back. So no way am I going to bet against this team. And and I mean, yes, it's still a long shot being down three one against Tampa Bay. We still have to win two games there. It's a long shot, but man, that's, I I believe they can do it for sure, no doubt. But and and now the the craziness that it is this season and 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 with like the schedule has been nuts because of COVID and all that. Well. Now what's happening, and like we're in July, you know, we we literally there was a, a an extra break between games because a game would have fallen on the fourth of July, like things that will never happen uh, again, mo- mo- well, hopefully and most likely. But now it's not done because it's, it's it, the latest news is not looking super promising for Game Five actually happening when it's supposed to happen in Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm I'm on Twitter right now, and the latest update I'm seeing from from Brian Wild here. If if you follow the Canadians on Twitter, I'm sure you you know of Brian Wild, and he's He's uh, showing the National Hurricane Center recently tweeted that it looks like they're they're closing the air, the airport. So if the airport's closed, I don't know how there can be a, there can be a game. So 
because of the hurricane that's coming. So it's just, just this the season of craziness just absolutely never ends uh, for uh, not for just for the Canadians, but for the NHL in general. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, how it's going to play out. If it's going to affect Game Five, uh, if it does, I mean, obviously at you know with the time being, it looks like it it could very well affect Game Five. I mean, what yeah. what is going to happen? I mean, and like the, the NHL has said they don't want they haven't said, but like it's clear that like they want to end the season as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? Okay. Like like they're they don't they don't want more delays. Uh, that, that that that's the last thing they want. So if the game can't happen, like. First of all, you never know how long this stuff is. I mean, I guess some people know, but I'm not a meteorologist. I have no idea how this stuff is going to last and how long it could, it could delay it. And then do you do it at a neutral site? Like, I, I doubt they'd go back to Montreal and do it. And and unless they want to do, like, game five in Montreal, but then the remainder of the series is in Tampa Bay, assuming they can go there. Like, And, and if the series continues, it's – of course, of course it's happening again. Yeah. It's a weird one. I mean, it's it's Tampa Bay that's having the hurricane. It's not Montreal's fault. Yeah. I mean, just give us the cup, you know. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean that, that. Would, that would be the biggest <laughs> asterisk in the history of, of asterisks. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, you got to figure. Well, I I don't know. I feel like a hurricane doesn't last that long. Like it's kind of again, obviously we're not meteor meteorologists, but. Yeah. I mean, like it probably like it would last a day or two, I'm assuming. Yeah. But I mean, who knows if, if it's really bad, you know, potentially there could be damage and stuff like that. But yeah, they're probably not going to come back to Montreal for game five. You, like, I, I guess maybe, you know, it would probably be a neutral site, I would have to imagine. And I mean, that wouldn't be bad news for the Canadians, you know, not having to deal with not. the fans, right? Then we'll get to see how uh, how good the the Tampa Bay Lightning fans travel. I mean, we know how good the, the Canadians fans travel, so <laughs> that, that 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 would be interesting if it's neutral site. So, I mean, ho- hopefully, I mean, at the end of the day, you hope to be like to be able to just play the games where they're supposed to be played and and not have any uh, any extra delays. But it's just it's just an extra an extra wrinkle for this team. It just makes sense, you know. It w- it would be too easy for not for it not to 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 go like this. And 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 I hope. That the mayor of Toronto feels like a complete idiot this morning for those mayor, comments yep. that she. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, mayor of Toronto too. I mean, I, I mean, I, I lumped it in here for no for no reason, but I meant the mayor of Tampa Bay, of course, uh, who 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 said that that she hoped that the Canadian that the Tampa Bay take it easy and come win the the, the cup in in Tampa Bay, and and now they might not even be able to play that game because like what a stupid thing to, to say. Like how mad would you be? If it was reverse situation and Valérie Plante, which I already know she's not, you're not like her biggest fan. <laughs> and then she were to say something like that. Like, oh my God. What a dumb thing to say. Like the ultimate jinx to your team. It's so, you know, exactly. I mean, you're jinxing your team. I mean, like, oh, for sure. Like as a fan, I would, I would hate her. I mean, as much more than I already hate her. So <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. How do you, like, I know they just won the cup last year. I mean, I don't know if they won it in Tampa or in. No, Dallas, they didn't. That's the whole thing. They they won it on the road last year too. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess I understand the thought process, but it, like, at the end of the day, she's an idiot. Like, why just win the cup? I mean, I, I are know. you really gonna jinx yourself like that? And like, I know. And like, there's ways of saying it where you can say, of course, we'd love to win it at home, but we'd rather finish the job. Like, you you can say, say it in, in a different way, but it, clearly, all she cares about is the is the potential. Uh, like revenue that comes from having an extra game in Tampa Bay, and like she doesn't actually care about the Stanley. Cup. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's so, it's so cringe. <laughs> like who, who says that? Like I don't know. And like comments like that make me feel like I don't know. Like 
like I don't want to be that fan, but it's like I mean Tampa Bay won. First of all, Tampa Bay sports in general have uh, have had their fair share lately. They've had enough, uh, and it's just man, it just it, being there yesterday at uh, at at the watch party outside and just just the energy it brings to the city. Like when when they first went down three nothing after that after that game, that game was heartbreaking because game two. It was hard losing game two because they deserved to win, but they kind of got goalied by Vasilevsky. But then you're going home and you figure, okay, they showed they can beat this team, and now we're going home. And then so many weird bounces, and like I said, like Price letting in more goals than you want. And after that game, I I, I felt so like dejected and like almost sad. Not just that they lost, but like oh, this is gonna end and it's gonna end like this, like this amazing, amazing run. And and like this win yesterday, now regardless of how it ends going forward, kind of saves the the kind of like the, the like the honor of this run. You know what I mean? Like we're not gonna have a sour taste about the 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 because even if they don't win in the final, it's still an, the best run in the history of most. Like a lot, maybe not most, but like a lot of the current Habs fans, you know, like like literally every Habs fan on Habs Twitter basically has never seen a, a, a run like this before. You know what I mean? And you, you got you, you got to love it. I keep saying you got to enjoy it. You got to keep enjoying it. No, exactly. For sure. I mean, like you said, regardless of what happens. But uh, no, again, it's regardless if they whatever happens. I mean, if they do lose, it's it's obviously going to be going to suck. But at least we did have that that one great moment. But. But again, I mean, uh, I'm not going to put it past this team to win to win three more games and bring the cup home. I mean, I, and, no. and you know, I mean, uh, again, all the moments that the, the especially the young guys are are playing in, and and the fact that a lot of them are stepping up here. I mean, it it you know it bodes well not just for this year but for the future. I mean, it's uh, exciting. And the way the season has gone, it almost wouldn't make sense that. It would need a re- we would need a reverse sweep to win the cup. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's like it's just more adversity, and not just that, but like the the way the game four ended with like Tampa Bay, one hundred percent should have won the last game to get a four minute power play to to end the game and to, and, to, and to not capitalize there. I mean that that, that you, you got to think that, that that gets in your head a, a, a little bit there. I mean. Of course, the advantage is still in, in, in Tampa Bay's core, but like Montreal, not have, they have a hope, like they have reason to believe, and that can be dangerous. And like we talk about it all the time, it, for me, the series really plays itself on tomorrow's game, if assuming it's tomorrow, tomorrow, because that's the game in Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay really want to win tomorrow, because if, if Montreal does win tomorrow, then you can go back to Montreal, and I'm feeling really good about Game Six. If we're if we're running a two-game winning streak and we're back in Montreal. And uh, they keep adding more fans while still claiming there's only 3,500. But I mean, come on, like we, we all have eyes. We know there's more than that <laughs> in this thing. And, and and then if that does happen, like I know, like there's a, a lot of like if ands or buts here. But it's just I don't know. Like I, I I'm, I'm almost more hopeful now than I am after we were down two nothing at the potential of, of of actually winning this series. Which is I know it's crazy to say, but I do believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, against a lesser team, like, you know, that hasn't been there before, like, you know, you, you got to feel like they, they'd, they'd have that s- a seed of doubt planted yeah. after the way that they lost last night. I mean, and, and we saw that against Toronto in the first round, obviously, Toronto, yeah. long history of choking. I mean, Tampa Bay obviously was here last year. So, I mean, I'm, they're, I'm sure they're still feeling confident. But, but like you said, I mean, the way that they lost, I mean, they absolutely should have, with a four minute power play at the end of the game and three minutes in overtime. 
absolutely 100% they should have won that game. Yeah. And the fact that they couldn't beat Price when in Canada, then the Canadians, you know, basically as soon as the power play was over, they came, they went down and scored. It's got to plant a seed of doubt. And now obviously game five in Tampa, it's going to be a tough game for the Canadians. But if they can win that game, like you said, I mean, the Canadians are right back in. And the game six yeah. in Montreal, they're going to be on fire. And then game seven, anything can happen. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely, hopefully after last night, I think they they planted a little seed of doubt. And then if they beat Tampa in game five, I mean, the game six and seven are anyone's bet. And, and as much as Price, we mentioned in the first three games, like his stats weren't looking great before we're talking about them. The, the stats that haven't changed, uh, I think it was since... And to continue to be amazing is the stats in like 2000, since like 2014, I think they were saying, in elimination games. Like, he, we we haven't seen a weak performance from Price in, in an elimination game in a very, very, very long time. And, I mean, just the way he showed up and he was dialed up after, like, that that's something you, 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 you that's the reaction you love to see, right? Because he wasn't happy with his performance after game three. There's no chance. And then it's then that's what you always wonder. Okay, how is he going to respond? And the way he responded was amazing. So if he plays like that again, we we definitely can beat this team. We definitely can. And it's just, I mean, sure there was. I mean, I mean the, the the ghosts of the form might have might have made a bit of a presence yesterday with all the posts that Tampa Bay hit. But hey, man, you, you got to be good to be lucky. You got to be lucky lucky to be good. You know, like it's just that, that that's how it works. And it's just that's what gives us that spark, man. I mean. How insane would it would be one of the literally one of the craziest stories in sports history if the Canadians were to oh, come back. I mean, I mean, for sure. I mean, after I mean, obviously, the first of all, the COVID season and yeah. and I mean, everything they had to deal with during the season. I mean, Army of getting COVID and then I mean, the comeback against Toronto, the Jake Evans injury, then against Vegas. I mean, before what was a game two? If I do charm gets, gets yeah. COVID couldn't be with the team. And oh, man. And then. Uh, obviously, I mean, that'd be the perfect way to finish it. What what has basically already been like a Hollywood movie sort of playoff run. I mean, you know, this it, it's the only way to, to end it, you know, being down three nothing and winning in game seven. And I mean, you know, it'll probably game seven, probably go to overtime. And yeah, who's it going to be what Jake Evans, I guess, scoring in overtime to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, imagine. Imagine. No, I think I think for, for some reason, cutting him is back in the lineup and then he scores it. <laughs> yeah, that probably makes sense. <laughs> uh, whoever, whoever were to do it, uh, we'd be we'd be happy. But it's, it's just nice to be like happy about it because it was it's so crazy how quickly like when you go down three nothing, like I imagine that that's how like Winnipeg fans felt and all that. Like you're feeling sh- the, the highest of highs after Lekkonen's overtime goal for a few days, and it felt like we blinked and we were yeah. down three nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was crazy. Like it w- wasn't even a week after, you know. It was, yeah. it was basically, you know, we we had to do. We saw the Lekin in goal, and the next day we saw Tampa Bay win. And then uh, okay, I mean, I, I think we can beat them. And then like like four days later, we're down three nothing basically. Yeah. Like yeah, not even a week later, and it's like wow, okay, that that was an interesting turn of events. But yeah. uh, here we are. Here we are after a big win, and and especially the the way that they won. I mean, you got to think they're they're gonna be you know they're, they're they're going to come out flying hopefully in game five. And like, I, I got it. Like anyone listening who hasn't ca- caught a game in a big crowd, I highly recommend going to the, the Cal spectacle to watch them. I, I, I thought it, like, it was really well organized at the big screens. I, I personally don't really understand the people that go to the bell center for, to watch it from outside since there's no actual screens and they're just watching 
from the pat like I, I don't know if you saw the the thing that's been going around on on Twitter today of uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name but the guy who's the the editor for uh, Habs Eye, Eye on the Prize who's been doing these yeah. uh, the, 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 these stand-ups for uh, for City News <laughs> and uh, literally. I don't know why they're interviewing him as the game is happening, as play is happening. That that was what was going on. He says Anderson, he thinks Anderson's going to score in OT. And he says this like a split second before Anderson scores. It's actually kind of crazy. But like you, you can see there, they're like kind of like far away from the, where the TV, they watch at the Bell Center. And then like you could tell that the crowd st- celebrates in like in like sections like it, it's like a wave and it takes a second to make it because not everyone can see the screen like I, I don't understand it's like i wish they would just install a screen it's like you're obviously not doing anything to prevent people from from gathering there just put a, a big projector of something on on the bell center so, so people can watch it but you know they're just they're just trying to all watch on this in the screen that's on uh that, that's inside a bar i think a lot of people don't realize that this is what's happening like people that just know that there's Habs fans at the bell center like think there's an actual like it's an actual – they're showing the game on purpose. But that's not what's happening. Like people are – there's a few bars, and you can see the TVs from outside, and that's how they're watching. But from the Cat City Spectacle, getting to enjoy that with, like, thousands and thousands of people that were there and just getting that roar. That There's nothing that beats that roar that comes from a crowd that goes nuts all at the same time. It's just, it's just such an incredible feeling. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, it was the perfect way to end it, too. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, a great moment for sure. And – and uh, man, it's a lot of fun to be able to do, to enjoy this. And and like you said, I mean, if people haven't done it yet, I mean, I d- definitely recommend it. I mean, it was a lot of fun, and there was, there was still quite a like there was definitely room for more people to be there too. So yeah, I'm not, but and it was well done, right? Because they, they had they're still trying to be like a little bit COVID friendly, where they had different sections, and there was a maximum of amount per section. So you don't end up like I wish they'd always do it like this, like even yeah. if there wasn't like a pandemic going on, because it's like. You don't end up being like squeezed and there was like a bunch of different groups and there were more than there was a few different screens. So so but then you still had a big roar that went all the way back because you know, we're, we're at the front. But then all the way to the back, you could hear you can see people going nuts. And it's just uh, it's it's the, it's the way there's, I don't I don't think there's a lot of better ways to watch the game short of paying, you know, five thousand dollars to go to the Bell Center or however much, however much <laughs> it, it, it costs uh, to do that. Yeah, and well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we got three games left and three more wins to celebrate. So oh, uh, definitely looking forward to it. L- looking, looking forward to to celebrating the Stanley Cup win by finally shaving my beard off, which I can't wait to get off, get off. But at this point, I just can't. Like it just, it would be sacrilegious to to shave it off. Um, so uh, I don't know if we touched on it uh, already, but uh, you did have one Twitter question. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we got one Twitter question. Yeah, we did already kind of t- well not really i guess but anyway the so twitter question from kevin rogers at ka rogers 77 on twitter would you change the lineup for game five to get kk in there who would you take out and uh i would think they keep the defense the same but who who knows with this team uh well i mean uh, well first of all i mean kk he's he's not i think especially yeah. going like he's like we've sort of touched on especially going into tampa the lineup changes yeah. make more sense. They're going to have those two shutdown lines, so they they don't have to worry so much about matchup and about like, the lineup matches. I would have said for stall, but then when I pulled up those stats and I saw the the, the huge discrepancy in in, in face off numbers there, uh, it's just it, it, like that. As minor as it may seem, like like 
every face off, and, and like we've seen, the Canadians have allowed so many goals off of uh, off of face off losses, right? So, and and Tampa Bay has been really good about like if there's an icing, getting the right matchups out there and all that. So I hate to say it because like I've I've always I've always loved uh, loved KK, but there's just no one on this team right now. Like you think of the forward group, like there's there's no one I, I, I want to remove. I mean, like like we said, like that having that extra shutdown line. Jake Evans deserved to play, and he he's deserved to play this whole time. And the only reason he wasn't is because he had that 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 disgusting injury, right? So he would have remained in the lineup if it wasn't for that. I mean, he he it's it's all you can never have too many guys like Jake Evans uh, in your lineup in, in in the playoffs. That that speed, especially against Tampa Bay and all that. So then like Byron has had all these like crazy like. Like goals that he scored in big moments, and he's like more reliable defensively on the wing. Like, um, same thing for Lekkinen. And just there's there's no one that you can take out right now. I mean, he he's obviously first man in if if anyone happens, anything happens. But and as far as the defense, we actually didn't talk about this, but I think Kulak had a pretty solid game. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Kulak, Kulak, I thought played pretty pretty well. I mean, obviously, I think Romanov that goes without saying. I mean, what he yeah. brings to the team. Um, yeah, no, I, on defense, I don't think there's any way you could possibly make any no. changes. You know, again, I mean, Gustafson, I, I understand why he was in the lineup, just particularly about what he yeah. brought to the power play. Um, you know, obviously, he's always, uh, you know, always a roll of the dice anytime he's in the defensive zone. And like, but, but even on the power play, I would be nervous when he played the puck. Like, uh, yes, he can create offense, but he make he had turnovers. It's, it's it's too much. That playoffs is stressful enough as it is. I don't need Gustafson. <laughs> and then, and then Merrill, we've talked about it a lot. It's I really don't see what they see in him. Like he, I feel like he brings nothing. No, I, I, I really don't understand it. I mean, he's a, basically a giveaway machine. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we already have so many defensive like that are kind of similar to him. You know, that if more defensive minded. And I think Sherratt, even though I'm I'm not the biggest Sherratt fan, but I mean Sherratt and Emmonson, I think do it a lot better than John Merrill. So I I really I don't understand, but. I'm hopeful that we've seen the, his last game in a Canadian's uniform. Yeah, yeah, same. And 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 speaking of Shira, I mean, the one thing is I I saw that so during the Weber got that four minute PK with that uh, like penalty, and then what that means obviously also is that he's in the box for the four, full four minutes, right? And we know that Romanov and Kulak. And assuming no defensemen are in the box, are probably not even seeing the ice during a PK. But now it's four minutes, and one of your top penalty killers on, on the blue line is, is in the box. So that, what, what that meant is Edmondson and Sherratt played, like I think they pretty much played the entire three minutes to start the 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 period. And actually, someone mentioned, uh, I think it was Arpan Basu on on Twitter that when they took that timeout uh, with 30 seconds left in their power play, Tampa Bay did uh, in overtime. Petrie and Romanov were about to jump on the ice, but because of the timeout, they they left Edmondson and and, Shrott, and and in general, I like Romanov and Petrie better as defensemen. But you can't take away Edmondson and Sherratt's what they've done on the PK over these playoffs overall. So it allowed them to stay on the ice, and you you got to give them the props for that, man. Like that PK, of course, it runs through Dano and Lekkinen and those guys too. But man, the defensemen and they were playing angry, they're playing mean, like just knocking bodies around yesterday. I mean, Weber was. Knocking everyone. It's crazy. It's crazy that his one penalty was was a unfortunate high stick when he was just throwing the body around. Poor point. I don't know what point did to Weber. Man, it just you got to give the props to the big body defensemen. Like yesterday, they were mean and they made it tough on the on on the Lightning forwards. And I, the thing is, is why weren't we seeing this the rest of the the, the series? 
Uh, that's a frustrating thing because, you know, I, I think that was a big key to them having success in this series mm-hmm. from the beginning was being physical, you know, with, yeah. with all the talent that they have, you know, the uh, obviously, I mean, the, and, and they have like smaller guys too, right? I mean, well, Kucherov and Stamkos aren't that small, but I mean, Braden Point, I mean, Point, he's a yeah. pretty small guy. Um, Tyler Johnson too, you know, they're smaller guys, Yanni Gord. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen them play like that from the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, we saw how it affected them. Is it? Is you saw it a lot of the time when the defensemen, when they started playing really, really physical, they were keeping their heads up at all times. You know, they they were almost. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they weren't afraid to move the puck in that, but I mean, they were getting rid of the puck and, a lot and faster, and they were making mistakes. They established this physicality very, very early on because I don't know if you remember, there was a face-off, like first couple of minutes of the game in the uh, Canadian zone. And the, Tampa Bay won it and went straight on uh, Kucherov's stick, and he, t- he took a quick shot. And Byron just, as soon as the the, the pug dropped and, and went towards Kucherov, he beelined right towards Kucherov and hit him like just after the shot. And that you you saw in that moment, it's like, oh, okay, this this is the game plan. The, the game plan is to hit the Stars and Tampa Bay. And part of me wonders if they and this would probably have been a mistake if this was what it was is that they were so despite how great the pk from montreal was they still were kind of had a bit of a worry about the the tampa bay power play and they didn't want to give them too many power play opportunities so maybe they, they dialed back a little bit the the physicality but we saw yes this is this is how this team is going to win it's just but and, and it's it's so great to be that team after so many years the canadians being seen as like the the too small and like not physical enough. Like they're the physical team right now. Like, and then take, take advantage of that. And it, it is just unfortunate to think that they should have done that th- since, uh, since the beginning. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, uh, you know, it, it, they, well, I get, hopefully they know now and they're going to continue yeah, to play yeah. like that. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what they need to do to, to win the next three games. They're going to have to continue to play that physical game. And, and I mean, when they when the guys play physical like Weber, I mean, he was playing some of his best hockey last night. Same thing with Edmonton yeah. and Sherratt and Josh Anderson. I mean, when he plays his best hockey, when he's scoring goals, it's yeah. when he's running around like that yeah. and hitting people. And, and you know, and like he had that penalty, you know, where, well, I mean, you know, it was when him and Sherratt and two of the guys uh, on Tampa got yeah. a penalty. And when he's like playing feisty like that, that's when he's at his best. So the, I mean, the thing with Anderson, I will say that sometimes he gets himself out of position. So he, he, I don't think he. Sometimes I do think he needs to be reined in a little bit in some aspects of it, and, and use some of that injury on just his burst of speed instead. But with Weber, like I feel like, I feel like I've almost, as a Canadian, like like we saw like, it's like he was twenty two, twenty three, and he was mean again, like he was in Nashville. Like not like he's obviously had some some great season in Montreal, but I feel like that's the meanest and like most physical I've seen Weber on this Canadians team that, that I can remember. Like, can you remember another game where he, he just was this physical? I mean, that hit on point. The, I mean, he tried to do it another time, but that the, the, the first hit along the boards, man, that was like, talk like you could hear the crunch, you know, like you just, you love that. Well, like you said, Weber plays so much better when he brings that physicality in. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him play like obviously he he regularly plays physical and that like especially in front of the net. But I mean, throwing the body around like that, I can't remember him doing that before. And man, hopefully we see a lot more of it because man, he knows he knows that you know he's this might be his last chance and he's got to give it all. And and, I mean, all of them, you know, I mean, they got to lay it all on the line over the next three games. And and I mean, this is why this PK was so important, right? Because like you said. 
more it's it's likely that this is going to be Weber's only chance like in the finals. Maybe not, you know, hopefully not, but it, it, there's a good chance and he's well aware of that. And you don't like imagine if your only cup appearance ends with you in the box, you know, on the power play. Yeah, that would be yeah, it'd be a heartbreaking way to do it, man, for sure. Yeah. Like so man, I'm I'm happy they were able to win it and and you know, pull through that 4 minutes for him. And man, the they're the Canadians are three wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like and and, and the, look, the Canadians won seven games in a row in these playoffs at one point. Yeah. Like they 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 can put wins together, you know. So, uh, I mean, I mean, is there even a point of doing uh, predictions here? Because I don't think either of us are gonna say. I mean, you actually you did you haven't mentioned it yet, but you, as we were going to the watch party yesterday, you called it three two for the Canadians. <laughs> Three two Canadians, I did, I did, man. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it another three wins in a row for the Canadians, and uh, yeah, they're gonna win Game Seven in overtime. Oh man, that would be just die on the spot if that happens, from the Probably, like sheer yeah. explosion of emotions. <laughs> uh, so, but what's your, what's your prediction for tomorrow's the uh, game specifically, assuming it happens tomorrow? Oh man, it's, it's gonna be a tough game tomorrow. I'm gonna call. Uh, Oh, they're going to win 3-2 again. 3-2? Uh, 3-2 I'm, in regulation. I'm, I'm going to say tomorrow is going to be slightly less stressful. It's going to be a 4-2 win with uh, an empty net goal that happens like quickly after Tampa Bay pulls their goaltender. Right. I, think, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, what about uh, game six? I mean, back in Montreal. I mean, if they're going to come back and win, I feel like they're going to have at least one decisive win. And then so, yeah, so I was back say in four one, four one. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say exactly the same thing, exactly the same thing. And then I'm not going to argue with overtime in the in, in game seven. I mean that just it, it would almost be if if the if it, the series makes the game seven, it would almost be a shame for it not to go to overtime. You know, it's, <laughs> let's just let's just go full crazy NHL season. You know. Uh, all right, so uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm just so happy we get to be excited about this final again. It's just it's just. I, I, I can't wait to watch this. I, I hope it doesn't get delayed because I don't need to be stressed for a longer period of time than I'm going to be already. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. No, no, exactly. I mean, let's, yeah, let's, there's so much stress already. And I feel like the Canadians coming off of that win, I mean, they, they probably want this game to, to come as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. They probably do. Uh, anyway, so 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 moving on from uh, the game, I think I think we co- we've covered all of it. I mean, there's it's not that much. Uh, um, obviously, like the, the Canadians are are in the playoffs right now, and the, the the finals are happening, so there's not a lot of uh, trades or stuff happening. You know, I mean, there was actually the one trade that happened, and uh, Arvidsson got uh, got traded in Nashville. But like, obviously, teams are waiting for everyone to be done. But what has been happening a lot is uh, lots of signings. Uh, a lot of these players are probably going to play for the line, and I mean, have they as have every single one of these been? The Quebecois players. Uh, yeah, from what I can remember, I don't remember any anyone that wasn't a Quebecer signing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the Canadian, obviously, well not really, well not just the Canadians, but obviously the the Habs organization with the yeah. Rocket signing a lot of players, signing a lot of players to to two way deals as well, so AHL, ECHL contracts. Um, yeah, I mean they have a whole other roster to fill up now. 
Now, the Lions will, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be able to start signing guys on the 21st. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be a slew of signings. But so many underrated signings, too. I mean, the, the Laval Rocket, man, they're going to have a good team next year. Yeah. I mean, they signed, you know, uh, they signed to, I believe, a two-way contract, Cédric Derusseau, who was the top scorer in the queue this year. So, I mean, that's a great signing. Almost like he's he's an under um, undersized guys, like almost like a Dernay sort of uh, sort of signing there, and I mean two great guys that with with NHL experience, um, two AHL deals in uh, Gabriel Bork and Danik Martel. So I mean two great signings. I mean they're going to have a really yeah. stacked team. I think next season, man, it's going to be and, exciting. And this is where you're seeing that even though these are technically like rocket sign signings, I mean some of these guys might still play in the ECHL. You got to think a lot of this is happening because the Canadians now have an ECHL team in Quebec. Because it used to be if you if you're kind of a fringe AHL player from Quebec and you you sign with Laval, you kind of have to make a decision at that point that okay if I but then if I do end up be set being set down, where am I going to play? It's like it's you kind of have like you you end up somewhere you don't want to be. So it, you are already seeing the, the the advantage, and I love that they're doing it this way. I mean. We, we we have to embrace the whole, like, first of all, regardless of the whole Quebec thing and, and here there's a narrative about wanting local kids. I mean, you should be doing that anyways. So support the local the, the, the local players for your for your lower leagues. And then that's when you end up sometimes finding a, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, you, you never know. And that, that's going to make the, the game so much more exciting to when you go see whether it's the Rocket or the um, – the lion is if, if you got some local kids uh, kind of breaking out in, in, in those roles. So, I mean, I, I can't wait for on my end for sure. No, it's definitely great stuff for, for Quebec as a whole. I mean, it's going to give players in the queue a place to play. I mean, you know, the ECHL, I mean, obviously most of the guys that, that end up playing in the ECHL are not going to play any time for the Canadians. So, mm-hmm. I mean, why not stack it with some of these Quebec born players and hopefully you'll get a couple of diamonds in the rough, like a, like a David Dernay, you know, and, and, and I think one, I mean, it might not mean anything, but one of their bigger signings was Danik Martel who played for the Armada under Joel Bouchard. So yeah. is that a sign that Bouchard is going to be still with See, the, uh, with the Habs? That's an interesting point because I saw someone on Twitter and this was pure speculation. I forget, I forget who it was exactly, but this is not a rumor or anything. It's pure speculation that like who's doing these sign signings, you know, because you got to think Bergeron's pretty busy just kind of like stressing out even more than we are about the Canadians and all that. And and, and the, his speculation was that Joël Bouchard has actually been doing all this work and, and, and kind of recruiting these players to, to, to come join and, and that like we're going to find out as soon as the season's over that he has a new role that's maybe – yeah, yes, still the coach, but uh, but something bigger on top of that that he really gets to make big. Like that's how they they managed to keep him, you know. That, that, that they gave him more responsibility than just kind of coach and allowed him to make these types of decisions and all that. Because that's the type of thing that might kind of encourage him to to stick around uh, with with the organization. It would because it would really really suck to to lose him. Although I completely understand if he wants to kind of advance his career career towards the NHL. But maybe you can give you, you tell him like you look. The whole farm system is your job. Do whatever you want with it. And I, like, like I said, that's just speculation, but I like the idea. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, him taking over the the role as GM of the Rocket and also being the head coach. You know, I mean, that's, that's basically what he did with the Armada in the queue. Yeah. Um, he was a GM and coach of the team uh, before, yeah, obviously. Yeah, g- g- give him the, one of those like, um, like president of hockey operations that just means he does whatever the fuck he wants. You know, it's, 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 it's you, you do what you want, you know, like, like, cause then it's like also showing him the respect that he deserves. Right. That's like, okay, you, you're the guy we trust in 
just doing everything when it comes to the, to, to the development of our players because we're seeing the benefits of it right now. You know, like a lot, a lot of these young guys had time with with Bouchon. That's that's why they're they're, they're doing well for us uh, uh, in these playoffs. Yeah, exactly, man. And look no further than Jake Evans. You know yeah. the the you know what he's done his for his career. So man, uh, whatever whatever they have to do, I'm all for it to, yeah. to keep it in the organization. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to get done. Yeah, I, I I'm hopeful too, uh, especially with like the, the the open head coaching positions in the NHL are kind of filling up. Yeah, and like unfortunately, the NHL tends to be a very much like outside of the Canadians where we tend to give. Well, I mean that's not always true actually because we've just we just re-sign the same coaches, you know. But like we 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 have no choice sometimes to give opportunities to kind of quote unquote unproven coaches. But a lot a lot of NHL teams they just want to. They want their next coach to be someone who already coached in the NHL. So it's very hard to break out with that first kind of NHL coaching gig. So, I mean, that, that kind of plays in our favor, unfortunately, for, for Bouchard. But it plays in our favor in, in the sense of, you know, him him sticking around. And you do get the feeling that he likes get, having that role as, you know, the development guy. You know, it's, it's really what he's best suited for. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think he really likes the role. He, you know, he, he really enjoyed it in his time with the Armada. I mean, he loved being with the kids and, and you know, he, he obviously definitely seems to like what he's doing it with the uh, with the Rocket over the last two or three seasons. So, you know, I, I really wouldn't be too surprised to see him stick around. And but I mean, I definitely think he's he's due for a bigger role in the organization. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's going to stay, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what role he takes on. Hopefully we get more news on this uh, next Monday because the Game 7 will be Sunday, right? Yes. So uh, we win the Cup on Sunday, and then on Monday they, they tell us on top of it with a, uh, they, they, they re-sign Joey Bouchard. You know, just, just, just complete the, 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 the season as, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, so the next episode of the Habs Forum is going to be even more fire than usual. Oh my God! It's <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, next episode is probably going to be next Monday, regardless of uh, uh Monday or Tuesday, regardless of uh of what happens. But I mean, I just warning to uh, headphone users: the if the Canadians do pull this <laughs> off, it's going to be a very very loud intro. <laughs> Assuming I still have a voice at that point, of course. All right. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. Like I keep saying every week, enjoy the ride. They're they're still alive. Believe we're going to do this. Uh, And uh, we'll talk to you next week just to celebrate that win.